conferences, long agendas, big venues, always on your feet, barely getting to see the people that you want to see, and then, of course, the expense. Well, the three of us at Good Morning Hospitality are launching Good Morning Retreats. Our first retreat is this July 8th through the 10th at the Horse Hospitality Training School in Auburn, Alabama. If you go to goodmorningretreats.com, you'll find out more information about our first retreat that we're launching. We have already filled half the slots. We have 20 available and we have about 13 already filled. So make sure you go there, you apply, show your interest, and we'll get you all situated for our first ever Good Morning Retreat. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast. And now back to the episode. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey everyone, I was hoping to get this message put together sooner, but things like this unfortunately take time to set up. I just want to say that the acts of war against Ukraine break my heart, and I know as a prior service member myself that my thoughts and prayers go out to everyone who's fighting the fight that they really shouldn't have to. That being said, we have been working behind the scenes with all of our podcasts and podcast partners to put a fund together in order to pay for any refugee housing and other needs that go alongside that, like food, water, and any clothing needs. Internally, many podcasts in the Hospitality FM network have voluntarily given up sponsorship money in order to donate to the cause and are working on a unified message in order to spread throughout all of our podcasts. So this is me calling out to all of our property manager friends, industry experts, and anyone knowing of those providing lodging for Ukrainian refugees seeking safety. You can contact me directly at will, with one L, W-I-L, at slicktalkmedia.com. We have an internal document that is being updated in real time. So if anyone could share this message within your network, we'd greatly appreciate it. I'm also placing in the show notes a link to our GoFundMe and landing page for Rentals to Rescue. That's rentals.torescue.com, where we're putting funds together in order to, again, provide finances for any of these lodging and relocation needs. So thank you so much for tuning into this quick message. I hope you guys are all well and safe, as I know we have tons of listeners in Ukraine and other countries in in Europe. So thank you so much for tuning in and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Good morning. How are we doing this fine, beautiful day? Where? There. And here's it's still raining and for the rest of the week. And I got you both sharp headdress and everything. I've got like a bird nest in here. So I hope people <laughs> listening, not watching today. You can you can see who's uh, <laughs> in quarantine and lockdown and who's not. I know, I know. No, it can become yeah. much worse than this. Now that was at uh, the beginning of it. Um all my military buddies, we were getting haircuts because we were doing bar or um, barrack barrack cuts. So we were just doing it inside our hotel rooms, and everyone's like, "How'd you get a haircut so quick?" And we we're like, "No, but not 
We didn't go get a haircut or anything. What are you talking about? <laughs> it was yeah, a great, good time. Uh, perfect. Well, how's the weekend? How's the week? It's been, you know, I love seeing you guys every Monday. It's kind of like the highlight. Starts off the week right, but we don't really talk much in between. So how was the week? Yeah, I think uh, the spring has sprung. I mean, not only has the weather shifted, but people are coming out of the the winter thaw and there seems to be a lot of interesting projects starting to pop up, some big opportunities uh, right around the corner. So I think, uh, I think, you know, we're, we're out of the winter melt and into to the spring. And, and this is normal, I guess, every spring, but it's definitely a lot bigger this spring than it has, in, has been in years past. Yeah. I can feel the, feel the, Cool stuff is about to happen, you know? I can feel it. It's just right around the corner. Shots, Will? Are you calling shots? I'm calling <laughs> shots. We, we, we do good predictions on this show. You know, I, I don't think we've been – yeah, we haven't missed. We've been off a little, but still pretty dead on, I would say. How about you, Mr. Ross? How's uh, everything going on in your end? On here, it looks like autumn. It's raining. It's cold. It's like four degrees Celsius, so different really bad haircut so no all amazing no it's it's <laughs> everything is still locked down in here not much is open uh but besides this we're all good actually it's uh if you look at the company that's the most that's the most important we do good we just make amazing stuff which is uh, launching some cool and uh, nice plan for for travel recovery soon so i give you a tease in here so we're launching something nice there and uh some nice events this week some things we're planning so uh we'll talk about it during uh, the disruption report well, that's perfect time to transition right into it. Well, so we'll hit the bid eruption, and then we'll hit what's with the noise, and then our topic of the day, which is travel demand, picks up, but does employment and staffing meet the needs of the travel demand that's happening? So uh, we'll hit bid eruption, and then what's with the noise. Yeah, this week we're going to pick a startup, um, which actually is the most difficult to explain. Actually, it's it's Trips Community. They actually they're the peer-to-peer uh, booking platform. They also started by selling their first NFT as a booking. Um, well, as we'll ask Golden soon to explain it a bit more. But actually, so you could buy a digital asset, which gives a value for a booking in for an, an stay of an Ibiza uh, villa. So I try to understand it a bit, the journey and how it works. For me, it's still a bit challenging. I do believe that cryptocurrencies, blockchain is the future. Um, I do doubt, but I'm not sure uh, how it would really convert into travel. You saw some initiatives there, but really that you're owning kind of a digital asset, which gives on value and the way it's working and the way it's redeemed, I'm not sure. Uh, maybe in a few years when things becomes easier to manage everything. Uh, might be, I think still that you have the thought that you could put your cryptocurrencies on a USB stick and the concern or being afraid that my daughter take the USB stick and, and overriding the files and putting her presentation on it still a bit scares me. Um, so I tried in the past to buy some Bitcoins. I sold them too, too early. So maybe I should step away from that part and uh, focus more instead of Bitcoins on Bitroom. I think it will be the best. So, but again, the, the start of the week is uh, Trips Community. Luca the Gilio, if I pronounce it well. Uh, he also did a podcast with I Meet Hotel with Christian uh, last week. So if you want to learn more about it, listen to the I Meet Hotel podcast with, uh, with them. 
they can explain how it works and also uh, together with Christian. So uh, that's the start of the week. Then we do events. There's quite some nice things this week, actually. I Wednesday will be the Skift conference, so subscription loyalty. Uh, talk together with Amy from Suora. We just talk about um, how to do churn, how to increase, uh, of course, your members, how to make them keep them happy, and much more stuff. So really nice. So uh, I recommend you to listen and tune in Wednesday on a Skift conference. Thursday we have the I Meet Hotel North America destination one. Uh, with an amazing host, um, you might heard about him. Will Slick is going to be the host as well, and I'm speaking there as well. So going to be uh, going to be super fun. Wednesday morning, I do a presentation for the Innovation School in Berlin. So just want to be always uh, share my knowledge with students. Always nice to do. And yes, another one on Thursday. It's Earth Day. So what we're going to do with people from the team? We're going to plant trees. So we're going to plant 30 trees uh, actually in the zoo of Krakow actually for Earth Day. So it will be a nice happening and uh, to see some colleagues as well. So we'll do something back for the for the nature. So we're going to plant some trees. So uh, you might see our social media with some photos, how I just uh, uh, digging and, and putting in uh, a tree in the in the ground. Um, go back. I'm just thinking about this cryptocurrency part. I think still, I think if we're moving to to the grandma and then, uh, well, I don't know if your grandma Golden has some um, some Bitcoins or some coins left, but you can explain more. It's also nice to mention that Coinbase actually, where you can trade some coins, uh, it's not a startup anymore in my opinion, if they're worth 100 billion. So uh, there seems to be pretty interesting in, in managing those coins. So they did quite well. I read the story about the guy who invested 300K in Coinbase some years ago, turned it into 2.4 billion. So he did a quite nice job there. Um, but again, I'm not sure, maybe we should do a different episode once about cryptocurrencies, but I'm more than happy to move to Golden, where you want to explain uh, hopefully more. Grandma looking great as always this Monday morning. Uh, I don't know how I got appointed the resident cryptocurrency expert. Will is probably 10 years younger and more hip than we are, Michael. So maybe maybe Will can come on and, and explain it a little bit better to us. Uh, definitely understand crypto a little bit better than NFT, but that's a whole nother topic. Anyway, a couple weeks ago, I spoke with uh, a few folks at the Breezeway Elevate conference, and the topic was specialization. Uh, this is really a key economic uh, argument that when people specialize, then more productivity happens, which is ultimately good for everybody. And something that came out this week kind of highlights how Marriott is thinking about specialization. Some companies are looking at how do we get our room service better? Or how do we get people to order from our dining room? Marriott takes another stance and says, hey, we aren't the experts at food delivery. Let's partner with, with experts that are. And, and this is what is going to make travel that much better in the coming years of forcing major chains to use and leverage relatively you know, new technologies. Uh, like Uber, not exactly the newest, but letting people specialize. And when you let companies specialize, then everybody can ultimately have a better tech stack, a better guest experience, a better 
better profit margins even. So certainly wanted to highlight how specialization is key and crucial to the future of travel, especially travel tech. Uh, and, you know, in typical fashion, Marriott's leading the way there. I just hooked up my Marriott Bonvoy and Uber uh, Eats account together. When I saw this article as I was putting it together, I was like, you know what? I'm going to be traveling a little bit, so uh, might as well earn some more points because, you know, you know me, I'm a big Marriott Bonvoy fan, so it's pretty cool, and I love the whole point of specialization. You're hitting the, well, hitting the nail on having partnerships. Well, actually, it's interesting because Bedroom launched a partnership with Uber Eats, I think, almost a year ago. Um, actually, when we're connecting, actually, Uber Eats also with hotels. So for sure, Marriott's following us and see what we're planning to. But it's, it's interesting to see, actually, that it does make a lot of sense, right? You see hotels, they want to create some extra income or have some extra service or experience. So it does make sense. We just did it. Uh, we connect hotels with them directly. Now you see Marriott moving in this direction. We talked about, I think, last time about this, this room service or just moving into partnership. So uh, I, think, I think we predict this one as well something like this, isn't it? Connecting with the food delivery, so. Yeah, I think the challenge is like, it's easy to get food delivery to the hotel, but then it's, the, can they get it all the way to your door? Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. So that's my, my question on this partnership. Some hotels, it's a lot easier. You know, garden style hotels, super easy. Yeah. High rises, especially key protected elevators, mm -hmm. much harder. So hopefully they can figure that out. You know, that, that certainly, can help replace the room service concept. You know, if you're tired after a long day of travel and you just took a shower, you don't want to have to throw on shoes again and, and go downstairs to pick up your food. So that sounds so lazy. It's not that hard. I think we've all been there. And the, the one thing I really struggled though with this food delivery concept is great. But when I was on, like, even on COVID orders, we were living in hotels and I would do Grubhub, Uber Eats, whatever was in the, the area that we were at. And the food just was not like I was just, I was probably disappointed with the food most often because it either took way too long to get there. And by the time it got there, it was cold, soggy, whatever. Who knows? Uh, just not. And I hate like I was exhausted of tired, like eating out of plastic or like cardboard to go boxes because that's all we ate out of. I just want a real plate for once. And so I like, I, I I'm struggling with the idea that I don't know the quality. If, if it's going to be something that continues to really ride, like I want the quality to be a lot better in my head. Well, I've got the but, feeling that in the past, because I often use the Uber Eats, especially when I'm in the center, but then before it was, was quite okay. But I see recently there's the, including multiple routes, multiple people before me, and then the food uh, delivers uh, arrives in cold. So, so let's see. Um, still, I do believe like when it's going to be seamless in the front of your door, then it's called room service, right? Otherwise, it's still, you have to go downstairs in your, in your flip-flops and your, in your underwear. So uh, hopefully they, uh, if it will be seamless and it works, works well, I think it will be a nice way. And in the end, you might see hotels, which is normally might lose customers go out of the hotel. They might spend more time in their hotel. So yeah. it doesn't have to be too bad. But Will, what, what is your opinion about cryptos, by the way, before we forget to ask you? Uh, I don't have like a real solid opinion. Um, I, I struggle to understand it. I, I just because you're using real American or whatever type of currency, like whether it's the US dollar or like uh, euros or anything like that, you're using that money to then buy this and 
like I get it's like stocks, but I don't know. I just I struggle with it. I just don't. I think it's gonna stay. It's not gonna leave. It's not gonna be something that um, goes away. But NFTs and all that stuff does throw me for a loop because, like, why would I pay for a virtual asset when I can just go buy a real asset that makes real cash flow or handles anything like that? Um, so I think crypto is here to stay. I think we need to be more like not educated. I just think there's a lot to learn on it. And so I need to be more educated. Uh, I would love to be able to buy, you know, something for pennies on the dollar and, and then walk away with, you know, that one guy that put in 300 K walk away with 2.1 billion or whatever. Right. Like you're not buying things. You'd be silly to buy things with crypto right now because it's on a a growth tear. So like Mm -hmm. the first purchase of, uh, using a Bitcoin was some pizza in San Francisco and they, it was, it cost them two or three Bitcoins. Well, that pizza cost $150,000. And that was only eight or nine years ago. So I'm not going to book my travel using, using Bitcoin just yet. Right. Like I think it needs to to level off and have some sort of standardization. And really the argument comes down to, uh, another economics term, like, do you believe in a gold standard or some sort of standard pegged to an asset, which Bitcoin could be, or do you be, believe in fiat, which is inflation, 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 right? So mm-hmm. it, it really depends on your school of economics. I'm more of an Austrian economist mindset that fixed capital or fixed assets is probably better than forever inflation. But I think you, you kind of see a, a breakaway between people who are Bitcoin believers being more hard asset or, or gold standard type of folks versus fiat economists. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good topic. I definitely think we could do a whole episode on it. Um, or at least topic. Yeah, I know. I was gonna say, <laughs> but at least, or at least bring in somebody that maybe does understand it a little bit better to give us better context for audience members. Might be, might be good. <laughs> yeah, having uh, who's we got some people live right now. So, um, for today's topic, though, so uh, I'm trying to figure out who sent the article, um, but I think it was it was Golden um, sent an article about travel demand has obviously spiked, but. A lot of the working, you know, I guess the workforce for hospitality, whether it's restaurants, hotels, whatever, any type of hospitality business that involves travel or staycations or some kind of, you know, dining experience is is struggling to keep up um, because a lot of people haven't returned after being laid off or furloughed. And, um, you know, that that's going to create some friction as the, the travel and demand is heightened because we are no longer going to be able to offer that experience at the level of normalcy, you know, pre-COVID. So I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts. And I, I kind of I see Golden's wheels turning, so I want to hear your uh, I want to hear your first like initial thought and what like current or I guess like yeah current future state of where you think is going to happen if you have any kind of like inclination of where this is going to go. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody can realistically say we onboard somebody to full capacity as a full-time employee in two weeks, right? That's just not the learning curve for a 
a full-time position is probably two or three months, right? Yeah. And the, the challenge that everyone's facing right now is, you know, unemployment in April of 2020 in the U.S. at least was 14.7%. Now it's under 7%. And so like unemployment's been cut in half since the worst of the, the pandemic, which means a lot of people are, are back to work, but are they fully trained? Because travel and tourism is roaring back mm -hmm. and it's it's going to be a challenge to to make sure everybody is ramped up and on the same page and and talking the same language. It, it noises. Noises. We've hired probably ten people in the last two or three months, and you know there's there's certainly a uh, growing and then stabilizing and then growing and stabilizing effects, making sure mm -hmm. everyone is up to speed on how the company works and who does what and what goes where. Um, so. I would expect actually, you know, a little bit of bumps in the road for for tourism the first, the next couple months. And uh, there was an article in Skip last week also about the the kayak hotel and how, like, it during its launch there were some challenges that they ran into, but at the same time, like every hotel that launches runs into things. Like that's why you have yeah. some sort of um, some sort of like experiment period or, or early access or, or beta uh, before you're fully open. So, yeah, I think there's there's always going to be kinks to work out. And it's just up to, to the leaders of these travel companies to make sure uh, everyone has a good experience because that's what it's all about. Well, how many people do you think actually are returning to the industry after being laid off or furloughed? Like how many people do you think found a different industry because of that high, like it, we, we know this, this industry is a high demand uh, service. Like it's a, it's almost, a, it's not almost, it's a 24 seven business. Like, but for most people, you know, you have night audit, you got um, some other than a restaurant, you, some restaurant bars close at two, maybe 3 PM or sorry, AM. Um, so like, it's a high, high demand, high, I would say stress, but in the moment it could be a high stress uh, job. So I'm just kind of curious how many people from that furlough list or uh, late, uh, unemployment list just went to Amazon or went to do something else. Like, because but that's a real question. Like they, they just bought like uh, a couple thousand acres where I'm at and um, are building another factory for a distribution, even though I'm just an hour from Seattle. So how many people is that going to employ that were currently at restaurants or cafes or hotels, you know? Probably a lot. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, no, I, I think so. Like if you just know it takes so long and for sure, some people just moved it. Like, okay. In this case, I just have to get a job, right? I just, and they moving indeed to could be transportation or e-commerce or whatever where, and they are not coming back probably most likely, and maybe a few, but it will be a really small percentage, which means, give a complete new generation and new people in the hotels, right? So maybe also different uh, experience because the people just, they just, those people were on the play before and they're looking for a job and they just might now work in, an, in a restaurant and they might work in a hotel where they didn't, never did before, but they need people soon. And they might use a course on hotel.school or somewhere else. But in that case, it, they will be, yeah, they would, the, the experience is missing. The, the, so I think it will be challenging for sure. Yeah, I mean, I've, yeah. I, I don't know if, where you guys are at if restaurants are back in full swing, but where I live, there's in-person dining inside, outside, whatever. 
the the thing that's clearly different now is there's fewer waiters than than there were in February 2020. Mm -hmm. uh, the service is slower. Um, yeah, I think we all kind of understand why, but it it doesn't lend itself to the best experience. Well, and I don't think we. I don't, well, I can't say we, but like I say, I don't think that restaurants, you know, they've been so focused on curbside pickup or delivery with Uber Eats, Scrubhub, whatever partnership they form or in-house. I know a lot of uh, places in California were trying to really push their own in-house delivery comparatively to a Grubhub or Uber Eats that takes 30% on the back end. Um, but now with the in-person and those portals or those you know streams still being mm -hmm. very active um trying to hybrid they're, they're trying to balance the the two and again i think like you said obviously that makes it where uh well some kitchens gets... might stay open right they still did some delivery but if you're looking at the the, the waiters and everything it, it, there was no work and here in, in the netherlands or most places in europe all restaurants are still closed even the, the outside so and even the terrace so it is completely closed, and, and these are also the ones who have often the flexible contract. If you look at the waiters, but now they have to recruit new ones, and that can be challenging, right? So they, they had no work, and it's completely closed. And if it's closed for a few weeks, okay, they might keep them, but now it just they, they, those people move to a complete different probably industry. And then you yeah. look at what governments are doing in in helping unemployment could also, on the flip side of that, discourage people to go back to work. Yeah. So, uh, depending on the the wage levels that that they're at, so it that adds a whole another wrinkle that that uh, could disincentivize some trained professionals to to get back in the mix. Yeah, for sure. And in the big, I think I don't know if it was our first episode or our second one where we try uh, talked about um, COVIDpreneurs, where the people that get, they get laid off or or uh, furloughed that had a side hustle or thought of a side hustle, but never executed on. Now they're one getting the unemployment, which probably outweighed if, if they're in the U S outweighed their, uh, you know, previous salaries or, or weekly pay. Um, and now have the time to like actually execute we saw a huge increase of like businesses being filed, uh, to be opened. I want to know if the stat, I, like how I definitely want to look it up after. The, yeah, how many are closed or still open? Like I want to <laughs> see if that stat because that could play a big factor. Because there was like what a couple, I think a couple hundred thousand at nor above normal of uh, openings and filings of businesses. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But that's one one stat I've been mm -hmm. thinking about personally. Well, I discussed with Christian just right before we had some recording as well for our I mean Hotel podcast. And we talked about travel startups, right? And it's like a lot of people has their idea that might give them this less push to start something. Uh, you might have people now who start something because they were kind of forced, right? So do they really have, not sure, do they really have this motivation, enthusiasm, passion, et cetera, what maybe other entrepreneurs sh should have? I don't know. Something to, to yeah. I don't know. We have to see how many will survive, but some, for the, some of them was just, a solution for a problem which they had and it might not be a long solution or might just might be a try because it's nothing to lose so yeah. so let's see um yeah we, we talked about it many startups in the past and we project, uh, projected them many many correctly and if they're mentioned in our episode they become successful after but i'm really curious if you really see the the co-entrepreneurs which they really start something because they had to because they're kind of almost forced let, let's see 
um, let's see what will be uh, indeed will be left from it. Yeah. So I guess since at the show we seem to do a lot of predictions and and guesstimates, I want to get each of you this question. Um, in the next six to eight months, do you think that the travel boom will be over? Like it will be such a big boom that a lot of businesses will actually crumble because of it. They don't have the employees or the, the training or the staff. Um, or do you think within the six to eight months that this will be the time that restaurants, hotels, whatever hospitality company will slowly build up in order to uh, meet that demand that is predicted to happen? I would say it depends on where you are. So the places that are open are making, I spoke with one manager who's like our ADR in 2019 was 150 bucks. Now it's 500 bucks, same properties. Hmm. So in locations that are open and people are comfortable traveling and there's fewer restrictions, they're going to kill it. They're going to do so, so well. But in countries or, or states or regions that are still very, very shut, it could permanently damage hospitality long term. And to, to boldly predict the next six to nine months, I think travel is going to be back in a very, very big way. But if you still have to wear masks in New York, but not in Florida, or you still have to eat outside in New York and not Texas, then people are probably going to prefer going to Florida or Texas. And so it's the way people regulate is going to have a direct impact on employment, on success of small businesses. And now is kind of time that they, they have to start looking at how to get things right. Um, Ross, Oh, and, and I think in the year six months, I don't know. It's uh, it depends, of course, how the situation country by country vaccinations. My concern is a bit that they might open a few things again. Uh, they say maybe in the Netherlands we might open outside uh, again for for some terrace, and you can have a drink in there. But yeah, they will not be surprised if a few weeks later it happened, and the past a few weeks later they're closing again. So the end even so it make the problem even worse because then you have to recruit yeah. people quickly, and then then you have to lay off them again and search again. The end. People don't even want to start working in the in the industry anymore because they think, okay, what is the certainty they have? What is the security I have? So, yeah, if I think in Europe, I think in six to eight months, things starting again, in my opinion, because if you see the, the expectations after summer, around summer, most of the people should have their, maybe even the second vaccination in some places. And, and so I hope, I think this year is just still a year in between. And then we're moving already into winter uh, again, which looks like in here outside as well, but it looks into go into winter again. So to be honest, this this season quite will be limited, uh, in my opinion. So I think restaurants, hotels try to make some money and to, to see what they can do with just less people as possible. You see city, city destinations might even sacrifice more because... Uh, and I think that the countryside, the, the resorts and everything outside do well. I, I know people, for example, they have hotels in, in Switzerland, for example, in the middle of nowhere. They have the best season ever because they have a hotel which can be open, including restaurant facilities, and they're fully booked sky high prices. And the opposite, mm -hmm. you have hotels in other places which can be open city centers or they have restaurants, which is a restaurant can be open as well. 
So you can see, and, and I think if you're looking at the people become more rich, you see that the, the, the people who, who were rich, they become more rich during these days. And I think also, I think there's also maybe another discussion, but you see that in some places, people, we, we, you said 500 euro per night instead of 120 per night. So some places, vacation rental, nice villas, never, they have the best season ever. Uh, but you see other places, they have, well, they have difficulties to survive. So I think the contrast is enormously. Yeah, no, that's true. Well, and then also you think about Airbnb, you know, Brian Chesky coming out and saying, you know, that he, they, they're not going to be able to even meet the demand. There's not enough hosts. There's not enough property managers on the platform. Um, so I don't know, something like that tells you that uh, these property managers, in my opinion, like as a property manager, like we need to start getting more properties like, like tomorrow or yesterday. But uh, is it sorry, not weird yeah. because you can see in here that the hotels has to be closed, vacation rental can stay open apartment. So it's a bit, mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I, I do get it at some point because of course the risk in the hotel is meeting much more people is higher. But the other hand, the shift now to vacation rental, and I know you're both a big fan of vacation rental. The shift to vacation rental, yes, you said Brian Chesky saying, okay, we can't uh, we can't handle the hotel business has are in deep trouble. So I don't know. I just I think they need some push there as well, or then maybe the restrictions at the end. If you have your own room, yeah. what is the difference if you're setting an apartment complex? So, I think the 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 punishment for hotels was maybe a bit uh, a bit too much. Yeah, and a, a perfect example of that is in the UK. There were kind of three phases of opening. One is totally shut. The other end is totally open. But in between was a, an ambiguous rule that said. If you have a doorway straight into your room, you can be open. But if you go through a shared hallway or a shared door, you still have to remain closed. So like you could have you, a bed and breakfast would have to be closed unless they had private entrances to each of the rooms. Whereas a hotel could be open if they had direct entrances from the street, right? So it's <laughs> super ambiguous, totally unenforceable. Like how the heck are you gonna yeah. Believe that, but whatever. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see if our predictions come true again once once more. I feel like we're gonna have a, a pretty big boom, um, really quick. I at least in the U.S. In my opinion, I just feel like it's gonna be. I feel like it's right around the corner. So it's gonna be business travel, and I do think business travel will start to return this fall. Yeah. Um, so everyone's just taking the vacations this year that they didn't take last year, which mm -hmm. is piling on like twice the demand before. But the the key metric to follow on has travel recovered is our business business travelers traveling. Good point. Well, we'll find out again next week. Just kidding, not next week, but we'll find out as time goes on and uh, we'll have another great discussion for next week. So thank you everybody who's been watching on the live Thank you, you two, who uh, continue to show up every week and bring some awesome thoughts, knowledge, and uh, even a couple of good jokes with crypto and all the other stuff. So it's really good to see you guys again, and we'll be back next week, obviously.